Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You might have heard about mixing pop rocks and soda. Supposedly, your stomach and your intestines burst. Voila, still alive. Mr. Frost, please. He's gonna explode! Somebody call 911! <laughs> they are the legends we've all heard. Gang members drive around at night with their headlights off. And when someone goes to flash in their high beams to warn them, they kill them. The stories we've all told. Guy and a girl, and they're parked out in the woods. The guy steps out, and the girl starts to hear these scratching noises. It's her dead boyfriend hung from a tree. The tales we've all listened to. Isn't there another story about a guy with an axe hiding in a woman's backseat? My mom still checks the backseat before getting into a car. But just because it never happened doesn't mean it never will. Welcome to Rewatchability. We're a podcast on the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is J.M. McNabb. And we have a special episode for you. Like we say every week, we acknowledge that. But we also have a special guest. And we'll get to all of that. Uh, just after we thank our Patreons. Yes, those are the people who give us a little bit of money each month. One, three, five dollars. And that helps keep the podcast going. And in return, you get the podcast early. You get it ad free. And sometimes you get bonus content like bonus episodes. And I think we're going to do a commentary soon. So sign up to Patreon and uh, you'll be there when it hits, when it drops. Drops? Remember when drops meant to excise something from something? Now it means to put something out. What? Never mind. Okay, so today we have a very big movie to talk about. A legendary movie, you might say. And uh, we have a special guest as well, our old pal Jordan Armstrong. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to be playing the role of Blaine today. (laughs) (laughs) You are his understudy. I'm his understudy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, you've been waiting to go on for 450 plus episodes as Blaine. Rehearsed the lines again and again and again. You've worn the Blaine haircut for like five years. I have cut my hair, really just spiked it up at the top. 
You oh. hired two guys to give him the Nancy Kerrigan treatment, which is why he's not on the show today. <laughs> I just had to get on. Like, I'd waited for so long. When was I going to get my moment, you know? Devious, devious. Take my destiny into my own hands. Well, Jordan, you, you brought a movie to us this week. You, you wanted to talk about Urban Legend, the 1998 movie directed by Jamie Blanks, starring... Jared Leto, Alicia Witt, and uh, Pacey from Dawson's Creek. So why did you think of this movie, Jordan? Because I watched it recently. What? I rewatched it recently. Mm. Last week. Uh, Okay. So you basically wanted to do the minimal amount of effort possible for this (laughs) podcast. I did. Well, you know, I put put other movies on there. I put... That's true. But you, you, you hadn't seen them, so... That's fair. That's they, fair. They didn't make it. And, okay. and also, I, I will say in my defense, too, you suggested doing a Studio Ghibli movie, and all my kids do is watch Studio Ghibli movies right now. So <laughs> if I wanted to put in the least amount of effort, I would have signed on for that. But, but I thought this would be a good one, too. I think it is a good one. And I, I felt like it was it was a fresh rewatch. Like, it was like okay. the night. I forget when you asked me to be on the show. It was so exciting. One of the best days of my pandemic. You were literally watching... Urban I, legend at the like, moment. Yeah, I think I had watched it like the night before or something. So I you thought, were like, if only I had a forum to talk about this movie. If only somebody was listening. Yeah. And now here's your chance. This yeah. is my chance. Jordan said Rob's name three times in front of the bathroom <laughs> mirror. Mm-hmm. And I got the phone call. <laughs> Which is the only urban legend that I remembered. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't remember most of the urban legends in the movie Urban Legends. Like, I guess they were all real, but I was hanging out at the wrong campfires, I guess. Maybe some of them are, are urban legends of urban legends. Like, they're not real. Well, I looked, mm. I looked, I took the liberty of doing some research since I didn't need to rewatch the movie for the second time in a week. But they're all like real urban legends that I wasn't cool enough to know. And I think that was my experience rewatching this movie is that I remember seeing it. It came out in like late 90s, I guess. Right. 1998. Yeah. 1998. So going to see it with my friends, young teenage high school Jordan was so scared of this movie because I was so easily scared and I wasn't cool then. And I just wasn't cool enough to know all of the urban legends that they were talking about. So I didn't get the movie either. And I was terrified the whole time. Right. So that so you saw it for the first time in the theaters. Yeah. And was it like a communal thing? You went with friends? Yeah. Okay. You're pressured into it. I did not want to go see it. I don't know what other movies came out in 1998, but I'm sure I had a list of them that I would have preferred to go see. And do you like <laughs> generally like horror movies or is this sort of like an excursion outside of your comfort zone? I like horror movies now. As right. of like, like I'm three months into liking horror movies. Okay. I feel like. Oh. I live alone. I'm very scared of the dark. So <laughs> it's not a great combo. But during the pandemic, I just wanted to um, feel things. Mm. So I started watching them and got really into them. All right. All right. Nice. Okay. Jam, what about you? When was the first time that you saw Urban Legend? I saw it. You know, I didn't see it in the theater. What? Uh, yeah. What, what, was, what was wrong? Was the theater closed for delousing or renovations or... <laughs> Were you just less cool than me even? Well, definitely. Yeah. But I don't know why I didn't see it. I think maybe I was like a little burnt out on that kind of mm. siren in the background. 
Probably another grisly murder. Oh, no. Uh, that's probably just an ambulance for the. Did you hear the one about the podcast host who heard a siren and he thought it was a grisly <laughs> murder, but he didn't do anything? But it was really just like a fire truck because the A&W <laughs> had a grease fire. Uh, worst urban legend ever. Yeah, I don't know why. I honestly don't know why I didn't see this movie in the theater. I think I saw it on video. I think I rented it when it came out and I didn't really remember anything about it other than certain you know moods and actors that were in it i didn't remember uh, like the ultimate resolution of it because it's kind of i mean we'll get into it but it's, it's a little blander than some of the other ones i think i think mm. part of the reason why i didn't rush to see it in the theater was because i was a little uh burned by this genre before or not burned but like i was growing a little weary of it like i loved scream you love Scream. And then I rushed out to see I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I didn't like that as much. And then when this came out, I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just watch Scream 2. Like, I, I don't think I need to see this. And right. I did watch it on video, and I remembered liking it okay. Like, I was excited to watch it again for this podcast. What about you, Rob? Yeah, uh, we rented this one, I think, me and some friends, and it was not very outstanding in my memory yeah i mean it came right at the glut of all of those teen horror movies and specifically like the scream genre and this obviously owes a lot to scream i mean it just sort of seemed bland i didn't know as many of the actors as i did in the other teen comedy movies like i wasn't really familiar teen with horror letter. yeah sorry teen horror <laughs> this same, was not a comedy, comedy same, and horror is just genre <laughs> it's two sides of the same coin right like saying teen is already like a synonym for horror and i feel like and comedy yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so you could just call it a teen movie i think it's we a all teen get movie. It. yeah you know it was okay. I think that I was annoyed that it it was teens. I think at that point I was into <laughs> you, were, you were a teen. Yeah, and he exactly. Was over it. That's a lot of teen. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I thought that all of my peers were stupid, right? So I wanted to watch horror movies about like adult killers, you know, and you know, having like you know adult murder problems, but not this like <laughs> you know kid stuff. You know? That's true about people yeah. older than me. You know, that's a good point, too. Like that this came out when I would have started high school as well. And I think that that's was probably part of it. Like, yeah, I, I probably became more segmented from like the crowd that was really excited about urban legend. And I was like more hanging out with the kids that were excited about Starship Troopers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you had to pick one. You had yep. to pick one. But so, yeah, it wasn't a big movie for me, but I do recognize that it's sort of become an iconic movie in a lot of ways, you know, maybe just because it brings the sort of urban legends back into horror or whatever. And there's been more movies that sort of follow that template a little bit more than the Scream template as well. So, yeah, I was up for watching it. So, yeah, yeah well, it's also it's it's the poster is on the cover of our friend Alex's book. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I went back and I read that chapter to see if it would shed some new light on it that would make me appreciate the movie in a whole other way. And? And, and it did not. Oh. It was a good chapter and it was informative, but uh, it, did, it did not. Didn't win you over. Didn't, I, well, you know, we'll get into how I feel about the movie. But, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into it. So Urban Legend, it starts with a girl in a car and she's, you know, she's listening to the radio and like people did in 1998, 
She gets tired of that. She wants to put a tape in. So she reaches back to put a tape and she almost gets into an accident. What we've learned from this week and last week when we watched Breakdown is don't try to get things from the back seat. It's <laughs> it's dangerous. Keep your eyes on the road. It was an epidemic in the 90s. Yeah. People reaching in the back seat for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And another another parallel, both the bad guys in those movies end up off a bridge at the bottom oh. of the bridge. Right? And also, yeah, why would she she's alone on a car ride? Why would you put all of your tapes in the back seat? Yeah. Put them on the Makes, passenger seat. So that the person who eventually hit back there could maybe choose the music. Oh, yeah. He's also like a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. the rule, right? One person gets to drive and the person in the back gets to choose the music and kill the person who drives. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rules of the road. But so she's driving down the road. She's singing to some Bonnie Tyler, total eclipse of the heart, rip Jim Steinman. And she she runs out of gas. So she pulls into the gas station and the gas attendant is really friggin' creepy. It is Brad Dorif, who he is amongst many roles. He is Chucky. Mm-hmm. He is uh, he's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's a very intense guy. And she's like a little scared of him. You can sort of tell. And he wants her to come inside because there's a problem with her credit card and she doesn't want to. And she freaks out and like sort of. Well, he's got a stutter like uh, like Billy in Cuckoo's Nest. That's right. Yeah. I had a stutter um, as a kid. And honestly, I'm terrifying. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I I feel bad for Brad Dourif, though. I, I don't know what his what his celebrity status was at the time, but like he's uncredited and it's, you know, another stuttering role like and he has to be like the creepy guy at the beginning. I don't know. I think I felt bad. I'm, I'm just glad Deadwood came along a few years <laughs> after this. I feel like it's got to be like a tribute because, first of all, the character in the car, her last name is Mancini, which is right, the same yeah. name as the guy who uh, directed and created the Chucky things. But also, I mean, Don Mancini, Don Mancini. But yeah. also, he's such like a horror icon. I think Brad Dourif, he's just like an icon. I feel like they put him in there and they uncredited him so that you wouldn't be like, because when's Brad Dourif going to show up, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, I was. It's a tribute. I was like a little bit thrown off because I saw him and of course I recognized him, but like I didn't see his name anywhere. Then I looked on the IMDb and I couldn't find him. And I was like, what? that's Brad Dorf, isn't it? Come on. Yeah. What's happening? And he was in Dune, as was Alicia Witts. Right. Yeah. But so it turns out that he is trying to warn this woman about somebody who is in the back seat. <laughs> And she drives away after like kicking him through the gas station window. And we see rising from the backseat, this figure with a double headed axe. And the next thing we know, the axe is coming through the window, which is kind of amazing because you don't think that they'd be able to get the leverage to swing that hard in that small vehicle. Right. You like really need like, well, I feel like that was the moment that, lost me a bit because i love that opening scene it's so fun and you know as soon as you see him in the gas station that he's not the killer Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the stutter makes him almost sympathetic for sure 
you knowing that the film is called Urban Legends and that the backseat killer is an urban legend, you know instantly what they're doing and then they draw it out so nicely and you know exactly what's going to happen and you're just waiting for him to yell as she drives away, there's someone in the backseat. It's so fun. He's so good. Yeah, he, it was so he's great. He's so good. He is. But then then the acts, the physics of the, the beheading were really uh, confusing for me. And also double-headed axes. Who is using those? <laughs> you know, like Lumberjack's going to cut two trees at once? Come on. Yeah, you swing it back and forth like a pendulum. <laughs> it's silly. Cut to Pendleton U. It is a university with all the kids, and we've got all these young people there just hanging well, out at the coffee shop. Let's put the word young in quotes, shall we? Because <laughs> a lot are, of them are like in their mid-30s. Yeah. And we're at U of T in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. that's right. The first scene was uh, filmed at Diablo Coffee Shop, Diablo's Coffee Shop. Oh, was it? Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they didn't, and then we see uh, yeah. Hard House a bunch. Yes, Definitely. But they have like clearly they brought in because that's not what the coffee shop looked like in real life. They brought in like the 90s movie and TV comfy couches, <laughs> you know, like yeah. the big throne kind of couches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're talking about urban legends and in particular, this urban legend about a building on campus called Stanley Hall, where apparently somebody went crazy and then killed everybody with an axe maybe with a knife they killed everybody and it was an axe there's a lot of axe stuff happening you think the axe must be symbolic but then this movie plays kind of fast and loose with things but it is it is weird too because not to jump too far ahead but like this whole stanley hall murder thing becomes like a running thread and it's like the urban legend of the school but they say like oh it's an urban legend in all the schools but it is it is like a well-documented tragedy as we find yeah. out like, it was in newspapers and stuff so it's not really an urban legend it is it wasn't it's an news. urban set. it's actual yeah. News. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah the urban what? legend of the manson murders <laughs> like i get that the internet wasn't quite as it is now back in 98 but there were still like libraries there was you know (laughs) microfiche and stuff like they could have looked into this a bit better i do think that it might speak to something about that particular age of the people in the movie like those people are they're kind of smart they're sort of adults they're going to university but they're kind of dumb still too like they're also kind of children they don't really know how to research or to bother researching things and just Rob, sort of they're almost things. 40 <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're in their early 50s yeah. <laughs> that's fair that's fair but in this group we have alicia witt she plays natalie there is also jared leto he is a student journalist named paul there's another guy i don't know his name we also have rebecca <laughs> gayhart as is it Brenda? Uh, Brenda. Yeah. Brenda. And Tara Reed is in there as well. well the, the guy the guy who is uh, Parker is, he was the guy who was Lex Luthor on Smallville. I'm right. Sure. Yeah. You just uh, picture him with a bald cap and y- you see it. Yeah. And he is, it feels like he traded parts with someone. <laughs> like right before the shooting of the movie because he's clearly like i mean i haven't seen a lot of smallville but i think he's kind of yeah he plays more of that kind of like brooding guy but in this he's kind of is kind of matthew lillard and jamie kennedy's characters from scream mm-hmm. smushed into one guy so like he has to act very like theatrically and 
broad and it's it's he was originally supposed to play the gas station attendant probably right yeah and brad duriff was supposed to be that guy and they're yeah. like it's perfect he's what 61 it's fine <laughs> they'll buy it they'll buy it he has the youthful energy he's doing yeah. an extra year year five <laughs> some people take longer nothing wrong with that yeah well jared leto has written a story about this murder that has happened in the suv and they're all like oh my god this girl went to school here and the administration of the university sir john neville he is not happy and they're actually like physically taking the newspapers from the racks so the story doesn't spread. I love John Neville. He's great. Say that. And he, I think he lived here in the later part of his life, here being Toronto, where they filmed this movie. And yeah. uh, it's great to see him pop up and stuff like this. Absolutely. It adds yeah. some dignity to the proceedings. For sure. And he definitely plays the part of like an, a stodgy old dean very well yeah and he is we should mention he is one of four employees in this entire university this <laughs> That's whole right. there's this one whole... dean there's <laughs> one professor there's one security guard in charge of the entire campus yep it sounds about right and, and a janitor. Funded janitor schools man that's it one janitor what are they I feel like... our tuition on I feel like the janitor and the security guard probably also have to teach some classes <laughs> because yeah. there's not enough people yeah yeah <laughs> oh also all the kids are like <laughs> They're talking about urban legends. There's like a, a murder that may have been in, inspired by an urban legend. And then they all seem to be majoring in urban legends. <laughs> yes, that's right. The, the first class we see them in is, is Robert England. Uh, Freddy Krueger himself is teaching urban legend class where he's making kids like eat pop rocks and drink soda. And that's like how much money are they spending at this at the school right <laughs> they've got they've got like two and a half employees with their teachers giving kids pop rocks had those before yeah they're pop rocks they crackle in your mouth eat some thirsty oh, what's wrong Something you might have heard about mixing uh, pop rocks and soda? Well, supposedly, your stomach and your intestines, everything burst. Really? Anyone you know die this way? Mikey. I think they also filmed that at Convocation Hall. So that's like, yeah. you know, a 2,000 person venue for that class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may be sad because watching it, I remembered that not long before the pandemic in the fall of 2019, I went to that Nick Cave show at Convocation Hall. Oh, nice. Was that the last concert before lockdown? I think it probably was. Yeah. And I went super, it was, there was no assigned seating. So I went super early and waited. So I could, you could see where I was sitting because I was in the fourth row of Convocation Hall. As close to uh, Freddy Krueger as (laughs) Joshua Jackson was is is where I was sitting. Well, you sat in Pacey's seat. Yeah. (laughs) But there, yeah, it's, it was weird to to see that in Convocation Hall. It was kind of cool. I've seen a lot of good. I saw Stephen Wright there. Oh, nice! Oh, wow, I don't think I've ever seen a show there. I've seen I've seen a graduation there, which is yeah. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those too. I saw Henry Rollins. Oh, cool! And uh, a weird play about uh, Galileo Galilei. Okay. Mm. 
It's, it's, it's versatile. It's what we're saying. It's versatile. There's more to college life than just learning about urban legends. You also have to deal with your gothy roommate who is always like <laughs> who has so much, up. so much sex, so much sex. I don't and know. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's absolutely not. But like when someone when your roommate is there. No, that's not cool. Like this woman doesn't even put a sock on the door handle. That's yeah. the roommate code. Yeah. There's no reason if you live in a place, there's no reason that you should have to knock before you come in. Your roommate, you need to develop a better system so that they know to maybe give it a minute. <laughs> and the yeah. uh, the gothy roommate is played by Danielle Harris, mm-hmm. who, of course, was in the, the later Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. And Roseanne. Yes. <laughs> And I think she just came back. I don't watch the Connors, but because you're on Roseanne's side, I'm I'm team Roseanne all the way. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I did see like on Twitter or whatever that her character came back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah, she plays the part well. And uh, it's that was a real person. (laughs) Well, she, I don't know. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't feel like. No, she does. I was going to say she doesn't feel like too stereotypical of a goth, but she does. Like, they're, like her room is like she, she painted black and has and candles. Looks at, like, I'm a goth.com. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Goth, <laughs> goth for goth. <laughs> but she's also, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, we don't get enough to like fully see her as a real person, but it, I don't know. It, it could have been, it could have been worse, I guess. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all of I mean, we do, we do glaze over her death later pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really just get over that. <laughs> well, they get over all of them, kind of. I mean, not, maybe not Pacey because Pacey's the first one to go. And also he's Pacey, right? So right, let's talk about that. Okay. Well, first, so there's a great Dawson's Creek joke. Wow. Great yeah. Dawson's Creek joke. <laughs> I mean, he, he gets in the car, he, he invites her she's feeling down or something and he's like oh i'll you know let's hang out i'll uh you know i'm good i'm a good listener and uh so they they go down to his car and uh, he starts up the car and the dawson's creek theme is playing and he quickly turns it off (laughs) thank you it was a good moment it was uh, i don't know i mean for me like it's a bit too meta and also like that's a joke that like we would make on this podcast. It's not a joke you should be making in a feature <laughs> film for Christ's sakes. I liked it because I almost wondered if like that was something the editors did. Mm-hmm. Like they needed a song for him to turn off and they're like, it's just putting the fucking Dawson's Creek thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like four Maybe. in the morning. They're so yeah. tired. They just want to go to bed and they go, this is funny right now. Yeah. You don't care if it's going to be still funny tomorrow. Let's, <laughs> let's put the fucking Creek theme in. That'll show that fucking Casey loser. <laughs> They should update it for uh, modern audiences with the theme song from uh, The Affair, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But so he, in the car, he makes a gross move on on Natalie. And she's like, no. And then he says he's going to go piss in the woods, you know, uh, after calling her a bitch. And then... Classic uh, urban legend. Classic (laughs) urban legend. (laughs) I think that one might be true. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about his hair because he's got the crazy. It looks yeah. like it looks like he traded hair with Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? But what was the movie? What were the other movies he had that hair for? I think it's Cruel Intentions, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he's he... sitting in the bed with his arm around each of what is it? The Intentions. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and <laughs> yes. And Selma Blair. Yeah, right. 
I I know my movies. I know what's you, up. You, that's why we called you. I know. But yeah, no, his hair looks bad. But uh, yeah, I think he had to have it. <laughs> <laughs> so when when he dies, you don't really you don't really feel anything for him because you're like, he's well, not really pacey. Yeah, and his hair is really bad. So yeah, and he's a jerk. And, and he's, he's he is a real jerk. I mean, he definitely. I mean, if you can earn such a thing in a movie, which is like you know how the sort of movie functions, then he kind of does earn it because he is a total creepster but he goes for a piss and then he doesn't come back and well, then she- I, I, I gotta interrupt here for a second because i do think that there it's kind of weird how quickly like the sort of like teen horror cycle to you know paraphrase alex's book again which again is a great book but to to have scream come out a few years before and to have so many movies try to capitalize on the success of scream like, it's kind of funny to look back on it and see that, like, horror movies didn't, in a way, like, they took the wrong lessons from Scream. Like, they didn't become more introspective or, like, more experimental. Like, they took sort of a lot of the superficial elements of Scream, but then, like, fell into the same traps. Like, so we have, you know, Pacey, like, literally says, like, I'll be right back as he gets out of the car before he goes which is a thing they specifically call out as like a tired cliche in scream so i don't know it's just funny that like it it took so little time for like the scream trend to kind of devolve into the same tropes that were being uh picked apart in scream yeah yeah absolutely yeah and yeah he he becomes the fate of that urban legend where you know the boyfriend is hanging and you hear him on the car and then she drives away and then it's sort of there's like a pulley system, which is kind of neat. I mean, that's, you know, I like pulleys. Genius. Yeah. In, and, genius uh, of the murder. But it kills him. So. <laughs> it does. It does kill him. Although yeah. <laughs> I was I feel like the fun thing about this movie is that it's just it's very episodic. There's just going to be a bunch of urban legends mm-hmm. in a row. And there's an odd like it's a lot of characters. There's a lot of potential murder suspects. And I oh, yeah. watched this on a, a Netflix party. I have a standing weekly movie watching Netflix party. And we had a great time trying to predict who the murderer was. But you saw and, it. You saw it in 98. Yeah. But OK, here's the thing. I was going to save this till the end. I didn't remember that I had seen it until I, think <laughs> the movie. I don't think I, I didn't remember until I had seen it until like the final scene. And I was no, like, wow. oh, my God, I know. <gasps> How do I know it's going to? Oh, I have seen this. And then the memories came flooding back <laughs> of being peer pressured. I think we'd gone to see one movie and then snuck into the second movie, as you do, on like mm, Tuesday. I'm calling and the cops. It was a, yeah, please call them. I'm very lonely. I would love anyone <laughs> to come by my apartment. <laughs> Tell them that I snuck into a movie in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to jail. Welcome, uh, Dano. But what we got really excited about. You owe Jackie was- Chan and Chris Tucker eight fifty. <laughs> the uh, the the person, the ticket taker at the Cineplex Odeon in Scarborough, like comes to testify at my massive <laughs> trial. <laughs> Joshua Jackson is comes in. He's there. He's there. That's a dye his hair. Yeah, we recreate. We recreate the whole thing. <laughs> it becomes an urban legend. I bring what? pop rocks and coke, but th- because they killed off Pacey so early in the movie, we were all convinced. 
that he was the murderer somehow. Right. And spent the whole movie trying to be like, and you see? So he plotted. AC. To be cut. Because he was like, he was, who are the biggest names? At that time, he probably would have been one of the biggest. Yeah, absolutely. For, for like the demographic they were going for. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like Jared Leto was not a big star. Like he would yeah. people knew him from my so-called life, but that was about it. Like this was his his first big starring role, I think. Yeah. It was before, like he wasn't even that intense or creepy in this. I was like, oh, maybe he was maybe a little bit intense and creepy. He was, but it wasn't to the point where I was like, I never want to watch him in anything again. No, yeah, it's definitely like that yeah. would come later. He's growing into his creepiness, <laughs> happened, but... but there are the seeds of it here, and even in his character, like this slimy sort of uh, oh, yeah, student sure. journalist who has no ethics. Like at one point, he says, "Like I dropped out of journalism ethics because it wasn't helping my GPA." <laughs> it is weird. Like I, I know you know he's playing I, playing kind of the Skeet Ulrich part. I know I keep bringing up Scream, <laughs> but like. And I know all of these kids in all of these movies are like good looking, but like he's got like those piercing young Jared Leto eyes. Like I, it's weird that no one is like, why are you writing for the school newspaper? Like you should be a, a catalog model or something. <laughs> like you should be, you should be wearing jean jackets in a, in a Sears booklet. Yeah. <laughs> denim on denim. Yeah. <laughs> denim on denim. I know that this is a really bad time for you. I gotta ask you a couple of questions. Oh no, I'm not doing any interviews. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I don't want to talk about Tosh, okay? I just wanted to know if you could tell me a little bit about this. How did you get that? I contacted Michelle's high school, your high school. Now, why didn't you tell me you knew her? could exploit her death more than you are now but more people die like the roommate she dies and basically natalie comes back and mid her roommate being strangled and she thinks that the roommate's having sex because there i mean there's no sock on the door either way and she doesn't even look doesn't even turn the light and her friend is uh or roommate probably not friend is murdered while she's in the room and then she and wakes up and there's blood on the walls. <laughs> oh, yeah. What does it say? It says, uh, don't you wish you turned the lights on or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad you had? Or aren't you glad you didn't turn the lights, turn the lights on? on? Yeah. yeah. And I was like a little bit. I don't know. This this part also pulled me out because I was like, OK, like I know that they established that the person is having sex in the room at the same time. And so that's already established. I still don't think that I buy that like somebody can be murdered in the same room as somebody who is you'd trying to go to sleep. It. You'd, you'd hear, hear it. it. Even if you were, even if you'd never had sex before, I feel like you instinctively know the difference between sex sounds and death sounds. I think that there's like, I've never heard death sounds, but no, I think that I would. Maybe the goth girl, she might maybe go for the thing. death sounds, you know? Maybe that is. It could be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> But her sound, her sex sounds are just goth. Yeah. <laughs> Danzig. <laughs> it's always awkward when someone says that during sex. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, but and then more people die too. John Neville, he bites it. He gets like a razor to his shin. 
Oh yeah. Well, oh, but even yeah. before that, like there's that crazy scene where John Neville, <laughs> the security guard chief, who again, like there's there's four people tops working at this entire university. No one else. No one else. It's always these. We see <laughs> these at least ten other people. students in that class, but mm-hmm. so ten students, four teachers. It's a very, it's a small, like it takes a village. Well, that's it's more one on one. It's better, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, it's like one of those like hippie like alternative. <laughs> it's an alternative colleges. school university. Yeah, you get uh, a degree and smile. But there's like a a scene where they're talking to Alicia Witt and are basically like. Just ignore everything she said about like there being someone else in the room, and they they're basically just like yeah, just suck it up, and then they just like walk away. Yeah, and it's like I, can you imagine like not you know offering her some kind of counseling or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I you know I was watching with my wife and she pointed out that like it it all it it accidentally makes an incisive point about like the length that academic institutions go to to like cover up. Yeah, crimes on campus, and mm-hmm. I, and they I, were I don't to think cover th- up a crime that didn't even happen on their campus, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the highway. It doesn't happens count. on the highway, like right. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, have but... no jurisdiction over the highway. <laughs> it's not, it's not them. But having them like you know literally stealing the newspapers and like trying to say, <laughs> and then there's the scene where like the the people that the paramedics or whatever are wheeling out the body of the the goth roommate with her wrists bleeding through the sheets <laughs> like wheeling them through the hallways like past all the classes <laughs> they have to do the whole tour of the university yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and also oh, not that way that's the daycare <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> sorry my bad also, the the professor bites it as well. Freddy Krueger, he he dies as well. But right, that's and they later. think it they think it right. is him too. Yeah, because he has we like have to a, believe that it is him. Yeah, I can't keep track of like the order people die in because it's it seems almost like arbitrary. And at a certain point, like they're killing people that I don't know why they're killing them. I don't know why John Neville has to die. <laughs> he has stuff to do. <laughs> He had to go home. He worked hard. He's a, He's old. a selfless he administrator. Wrapped. His contract gave them two days of shooting. That was it. And a stuntman well. <laughs> got his calf slip slid and, and fell on those spikes. And that's, but that also, we also didn't mention that the, again, one of just a handful of employees here, the security guard, the lone law enforcement agent <laughs> looking into the series of grisly murders played by Loretta Devine, is like her one character trait is that she idolizes Pam Greer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great character trait, but and, the, uh, and then also insists little, little on no police. Like spends she she actively is like no police. Or is it her? Or is it the dean? Yeah, I think the dean's like no police. He's no like police. no police, no teachers, no parents. On the eve of this anniversary of this gruesome murder that is in fact fact, not urban legend. Yeah, you don't really have anniversaries for urban legends. They're harder to pin down. They do. They have whole parties. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, because we find out that Robert England's character was also like the sole survivor of that massacre that they thought was an urban legend after finding a newspaper. And you see a picture of him and it's like the 80s. Like, it's not that long ago. Yeah. 1998. Yeah. (laughs) He's 
He's oh, and also it's, there's the creepy janitor who, you know, right. again, who probably has, has to pick up a few classes. Like, as a clue. Julian Richings. Yeah, so who is he? Because I feel like he's in every Canadian movie. He, yeah, he's a Canadian. I mean, he's a British actor, but he's, uh, you know, lives in Canada. He was sort of most famously in Cube. Actually, I was in a playwriting circle at the Toronto Public Library. And at the end, there was like a big presentation where they read our work. And Julian Richings read all of our work. He read my work. And uh, and Johnny, Johnny Walker was in that as well. Oh, that's so cool. It was cool. Yeah, he's always in creepy movies being creepy people. Yeah. He, he was in American Gods, X-Men 3, I think, Stardust. Was he, in, was he in Outer Limits? Episode? Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's such like a, he's got like such a distinct look, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, he, he shows up anywhere you want somebody really creepy. He's good. I, we also didn't mention the fact that, like, when they f- kind of realize that the murders are being based on urban legends, like, they go to the library and take out the encyclopedia of urban, urban legends. legends. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's under you. <laughs> <laughs> well, where else do these urban legends come from? <laughs> are they still urban legends when they're that well documented? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I I do kind of love the setup of this movie. I love the idea of like urban legends and like deaths being connected by urban legend. But there there is something about this, like the fact that they're all so well documented that kind of ruins it. Like, it's not that someone's like, oh yeah, I heard about that urban legend. Like, and someone else like, oh yeah, I heard about that one, and they're kind of piecing it together. It's literally like a book that she reads in the library or like a newspaper that the janitor has for some reason. Like it's, I don't know. It takes away the mystery a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they started off in a good place. Again, that opening scene is so fun. If the whole movie had been that and then Pacey's character, like he is embodying the kind of character that we expect to be a victim of an urban legend or like he like plays the role Mm -hmm. of someone in an urban legend. And then that, that all kind of stops. They kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to rewrite this whole, this whole <laughs> I think. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Tara Reed's character yet. Oh my oh, God. Oh yeah. The like, radio DJ. Like this whole subplot. She's the most fascinating character in the movie. And fact did her own stunts. Wow. Oh, um, she's, she's pretty good. She, but she like in her radio show, she's also addressing urban legends. Right. Yeah, like the uh the birth control aspirin, the like mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, but the the vagina that grasps on to the penis during sex and then they can't detach. Yeah. Yeah. It's everybody's talking about urban legends at that school. There's, there's so many layers. It's an onion skin of urban legends and it's all they have in that town they don't have a movie theater so they have to entertain themselves by talking about urban legends i heard this guy uh fell out of a tree once oh tell me more (laughs) yeah well let's let's sort of skip towards the end because there is a twist to this alicia witt Natalie goes to Can we Stanley put Hall. Twist in quotations, just yeah, real quick? yeah, twist. <laughs> and uh, there's a thing that happens. <laughs> she goes to Stanley Hall, where this massacre allegedly happened, and there she finds a whole bunch of bodies. All the bodies of the people who have died earlier, pretty much. Oh, are and by there. the way, died 
for no reason. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no motive to kill any of those people. There's a brief motive with Pacey, and that's it. There's no other... Well, I guess I guess there's a whole other subplot that gets so convoluted where... What's her name? Natalie and mm-hmm. her friend were driving and killed a person. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's the... Yeah, I guess Nat- Natalie tells Jared Leto that... <laughs> Even that made no sense, but it made no the, sense, and it was brought in too late. Yeah, that, like, I, I spent her... half the movie being like, "Why is she so upset about? <laughs> why is she like she should be set up, upset about her roommate's murder? Why is she still like? <laughs> right, <laughs> she's a psychopath. She has no empathy." Another thing my wife pointed out is like, where is she sleeping? Like, is she still going back to that room? With this murder. <laughs> the the bed place? is still covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, wait, isn't it a thing if your roommate commits suicide, then you pass school for free or something like that? There's a movie about that, isn't there? Yeah, it's the uh, the dead man on campus. <laughs> Rob, I think that's an urban legend. Uh, oh. No, but uh, so, yeah, like Alicia Witt says that her and Natasha Gregson Warner were friends and that like one night they as part of like an initiation, they had to recreate the urban legend of like keeping your headlights off and then it's like an urban legend that a car goes by lights off and then the first person that like flips their lights at them to uh yeah will kill them which is again not something i'd heard have you guys heard that one i'd heard of that one never but i was i had a very sheltered childhood i think which this movie reminded me of because the only urban legend i knew of in this entire movie was bloody mary I'd like to maybe pause it for a minute that these urban legends are not actually urban legends, but <laughs> rural legends, because I think Rob probably heard more of these growing up in the country, and Jordan and I had stuff to do in the city. <laughs> we were very well, busy being yeah. city kids. But also, I mean, I feel like in cities, there are actual crimes and horrific things that you know about. You're just like, <laughs> you don't need urban legends because you're like, look at the fucking news. <laughs> but yeah, so like she, her, her and her friend, like, we're chasing this car and ran it off the road and killed a guy. Yeah. Like, is pretty fucked up. Yeah. 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 I mean, all the time when they're talking about this person who died, she's just like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't know that person. It doesn't seem to be <laughs> so, like affected. We don't know as the audience. We don't understand why <laughs> we, don't, we don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, she similarly doesn't seem to care about her roommate, which I mean, yeah, okay. She was kind of annoying, but like, presumably you. Well, at, at least one good conversation murdered a man so yeah yeah. yeah and then she goes to stanley hall and she sees brenda on the bed and it looks like she's been murdered but nope she she sucker punches natalie in the face and then uh <laughs> and then she's just brenda the captured. secondary character <laughs> <laughs> And her name, I, I didn't realize this till looking it up now. Her full name is Brenda Bates. Oh, so that's a little clue that she was the killer. Oh, should have known. They never say, do they ever say it in the movie? It's just probably not. <laughs> there was a teacher named Mr. Bates at my high school. Do you think he was a killer? I think probably. he was the killer in this movie. Like, oh my god, Brenda Bates' dad. Oh my god, we figured it out. Wow. Yeah, and the security lady comes and tries to save them, and then she shoots the security lady the security lady shoots her and then it seems like uh, and then she like falls out the window or something you gotta have a window fall yeah and then also and then they all leave the bridge 
they assume she's dead and drive away <laughs> yeah. from a crime scene that they are material <laughs> witnesses to. Mm-hmm. We yeah. haven't even mentioned the fact that a dog gets murdered in a microwave in this movie. That How have we talked so this long? Mad. I, about I blanked it out from my brain. I was so upset. I kind of like, I, I don't know. It's, it's upsetting <laughs> I and it's gross. It. I, but I, I kind of like dog. microwaving dogs. <laughs> I wish the movie had gone to that extreme more yeah. or gone that bonkers more, but like just, yeah, just having that one. Cause it, it actually does get like, it's, it's weird. Cause the opening, like we mentioned, like the Natasha Gregson Warner character gets decapitated, but we don't see it. We see an ax hitting a window, mm-hmm. but then in the latter part of the movie, it gets quite, quite gruesome, like surprisingly. Yeah. So like I, I was watching it thinking maybe this was a PG 13 for the first half of it. I read as I researched this movie, I didn't research it. I'm not a researcher. Like, know the difference, right? Vaccines are real. Get get it. But <laughs> I, I was reading about the movie, and I, it, it was the director didn't like left scenes out of the movie because they were too bloody and gruesome, and that makes sense for the first half of the movie. And then all of a sudden, we're just seeing full mm. calf tendons. Achilles right. slashed. Right. Like that death is so gruesome out of nowhere. I mean, so I, I can definitely what understand ramping up the gore or gruesomeness, but it does seem to it does seem to come all at once. And <laughs> yeah, it, it's not super great. But yeah. Well, the other thing we didn't talk about, I'm sorry, I just have to put this in here okay. before I forget, is the fact that the killer, you know, it's hard to come up with like what the killer wears to make them distinct. Like, you know, right. Halloween had the Shatner mask. Scream has the ghost face mask. Here mm-hmm. they went with a, a parka. Yeah. And, yeah. And I don't know if this is true or not, but like on the IMDb trivia, it said that that was because it was supposed to be set at winter. And for production reasons, they ended up shooting it in the summer. And then they just didn't change it for some reason. So it's okay. 35 degrees out and the killer just wears a parka. <laughs> yeah. Fire the wardrobe person, that's for sure. Well, like, <laughs> it's weird enough to have the killer be walking around in a parka. But then we also have to have all of the scenes where they suspect someone else is the killer because they have a parka. So we right. have, like, three other people <laughs> wearing parkas in, like, you know, the middle of June or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make any sense. There's a scene where someone's inside of a swimming pool. Right. Wearing a parka. Absolutely insane. You don't wear your parka to the pool? (laughs) (laughs) To keep keep your muscles warm so you can just (laughs) do that real good swimming. And then the the janitor, like he has a parka in his car at one point and freaks out Alicia Witt. Like, why why is he keeping that in there? He's not wearing it. Does he just keep it in there year round? Everybody has that particular parka. It's the hit parka of the season. Yeah, it's the university uniform. Yeah. I mean, I do kind of have a parka like that. I my He's a killer. is green. I am a murderer, I I guess. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah. But there's also no reason. Like there's no like once we find out yes, Rebecca Gayhart is the killer, like it's because her boyfriend was the guy that was killed by Natasha Gregson Warner and Alicia Witt. But there's no like this he was a spear and he always scene. wore a yeah. But there's no reason why the, she had to wear a parka. Like why did she pick that? <laughs> Wear a mask. Wear a ski Mm -hmm. mask. Well, she spent so much time on her plan, all the elaborateness and all the killing that she would have to do. And she got some bonus kills in there. She didn't have time to get a costume. 
or make something up. Say like, oh, the, there was a, an urban legend about a, a skier who yeah, the parka killer. Yeah, something, anything. I, as sense. I rewrite this movie, I have two things. The first is it make the parka the parka that her boyfriend was wearing. Yes, oh when he's murdered. Number two, I kind of wish that that book of urban legends in the U section at the university library <laughs> was a list of urban legends that no one had heard about. And then they have to figure out these like crazy urban legends that make no sense that aren't even real. Right. I think that that would have been fun to write those urban legends. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, she's in the back of the car. Then they, uh, they sort of drive. They, she gets knocked out of the car over the bridge and then she dies. And that's how she Or does she? Or does she? Oh shit. She, the well, she shows up. There's like an epilogue where she shows up at another school where every all the students look even older somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like these guys are like 78 students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also in the like in movie logic, like this is supposed to be the new class, and then she's still going back to school, like. Well, and does she need to get some credits murder. or what's happening? She's <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, she's taking her time. And listen, Rob, we're all on our own path, right? Yeah. So, but she she has taken her revenge. Like, how is she going to? So, how is she getting her revenge on Natalie by tormenting these? Is like Natalie now a professor at the school? Oh, I think this is now she, five no, professors. She just realized how much fun it is to murder school administrators <laughs> for literally no reason. And that's why the school only has four staff. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're She's all murdered. taking them off one by one. <laughs> yeah. And that's Urban Legend, the legend of Urban Legend. Yeah. We'll be back. I got some trivia and some behind the scenes stuff after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking about Urban Legend uh, with Jordan Armstrong. And I have some questions to, to stump your brain. Some university-level trivia about Urban Legends and Urban Legends. Uh, see if you can uh, solve these, and uh, maybe I'll let you live. Maybe oh, I haven't murdered like... anyone. I've never murdered a single person. Me neither, yet, that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, the character of Natalie is the only person who deserved to die. Whoa, controversial. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, oh, I don't know well, if she deserves no, I guess to die. Michelle Mancini. Uh, does anyone? Does anyone? Who are we? But also, no one cares <laughs> about the people that die. Like, they all make jokes about it. Like, mm-hmm. Pacey <laughs> says something, it makes like a joke about like the woman who died giving head and like. When the goth girl dies, someone's like, she looked dead anyway. It's like, what? who would act <laughs> like that? Yeah. Sociopaths. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get to the trivia. Let's get to some happy things. Okay. This one's tricky. 
I'm going to blow your mind. And also, this is a musician question for, for Jordan, because no, Jordan's no a musician. Pressure. Is it about I mean, modes or scales? No, it's not really. I teach lessons. Is it a question? <laughs> what is the mo? Okay. Which actor in this movie is also a musician and has performed with artists such as Randy Newman and Ben Folds? Well, I mean, Jared Leto is a musician. Yeah, what's his? He band? has that stupid band. Thirty seconds. Is that him? Thirty seconds. Yeah, thirty seconds, 30 seconds to, to Mars. Mars. Is that your answer? I don't know. I don't know. He with Randy Newman though. Did Randy Newman open for thirty seconds to Mars? Well, Randy Newman is a great the tour of the first episode of Cop Rock. <laughs> famously, yeah, famously. Famously, quietly bowed out of that entire project after episode one. <laughs> Okay, well, it's not Jared Leto. He's not okay. the only musician in this uh, movie. Okay, wait, is Robert England a musician? <laughs> That's right. No, <laughs> he probably is. I bet he has like a folk album from the 60s or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He plays <laughs> auto harp and guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was a part of the village scene. He played with <laughs> Van Ronk and stuff. No, it is Alicia Witt. She oh. is a musician. She she plays music she has an album a whole bunch of albums and also i didn't say this because it would have totally given it away she plays on twin peaks huh huh yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. she's uh she's gersten hayward and she plays donna's little sister right that's right donna's little sister not the one that does the poetry she's the one that plays the piano and she uh she plays a little song with uh leland palmer as well i want to hear i want to hear her music yeah, I thought about pulling up a clip, but then uh, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. You could put one in and then we'll pretend to react to how we felt hearing it. And okay. then we'll listen to it after the episode. Okay, let's do that. That sounds great. I'm bruised again. I wear it well. The self-inflicted tale they tell. I singed my hair. I broke my nails. You'd love me then if all else failed. The night was long and dark and just another dagger to my trust. Oh, oh I like wow. it. Oh, interesting. Really okay. interesting use of the piano yeah (laughs) i thought that was interesting um yeah and uh yeah she brings out her music in projects like the david lynch thing and um and she played with randy newman on ally mcbeal that was where she played with randy newman oh (laughs) yeah i thought that was fun okay Okay, so she was in cop rock though i can i can when they gotta reboot that right i've tried i wanted to do a whole (laughs) stage production and that's real yeah, but now cops, you don't want to do shows about cops. I feel like people no. have been talking about cop rock recently for some reason. I've been talking about it this whole time. All right. <laughs> okay, second question. And this one's, this one's a bit tough, but maybe you'll be able to get it because it has a little bit of local flavor. So name two other movies starring Joshua Jackson, which are also filmed at the University of Toronto. I, don't I know, know one. That I can even name two other movies with Joshua Jackson in them. Wow, that's disappointing. Well, I, I can tell you one. I, th- I thought of that when I was watching it, and that's the skulls. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right, the skulls. Yeah, and the second one is Gossip. Did you guys see that one, Gossip? No, no. 
Me neither. I, I don't think it was a very big movie. It was done by Davis Guggenheim, the guy who did that uh, Al Gore documentary. Oh, yeah. well, I've got a, I've got a bonus tidbit for you, and that's he shot something else at U of T. It's not Ooh. a movie, and what that was shoot? the pilot Human for <laughs> Fringe. A... Yeah, the pilot for Fringe. Right. Yes, that's was... right. I remember now. Yeah. Before they moved to like Vancouver or wherever they filmed the show, the pilot was shot here and they used UFT for, you know, wherever uh, Walter was supposed to be. That's right. You get a bonus point for that. All right. I, I'm not asking for any bonus points, but I do want to ask for a quick second to shout out uh, my movie watching group because they, the first movie we watched I didn't watch it. I wasn't there that night. I was <laughs> having a bad day. But mm. at the start of the pandemic, the first movie they watched was Skulls, one of the first ones. Wow. And that has become an inside joke in all of our chats. And it, there's a big group of people watching movies every Friday. We've got, we're watching one tonight. I don't know what movie we're watching yet tonight. But they're the You're watching news. one later tonight? Yeah. And I'm going to What time them, do you watch these movies? Like 1030 later. Okay. Sometimes. We it's late. Oh, we're we're night owls. We don't have to. They'll they're not gonna wait for me. But You're gonna also... miss the beginning of Skulls. <laughs> skulls re- three. Rewatching Skulls three tonight. The Skulls movie club. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. It's a secret, secret society. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one you might JM. I think you might already have this one. Which horror reboot features Brad Dourif and Danielle Harris playing father and daughter? It's a horror reboot. Oh, I was just going to say duets. Duets. Okay. The the hint is the director of that film can be heard in this movie as well, in a way. Can be heard? Can be heard through the ears. Tara Reid directed a... That's right. Musically, you might say. (laughs) Musically. Randy Newman directed... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was tough. I thought you would get it because you already mentioned that Danielle Harris was in the Halloween franchise and the uh, yeah. later Halloween movies. So that's what I was talking about. Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. Oh, Wait, they're in, in that? They are, yeah. I've never seen the Rob Zombie Halloween. Me movies. neither. Me yeah. neither. But I thought it was interesting that they were both in that movie and connected and like actually connected. And of course, this being a movie that takes place in the late 90s, early 2000s, it definitely does have a Rob Zombie song in it, which uh, the goth roommate is listening to at one point. On goths.com. Goth goth for goth. (laughs) On Gothify. (laughs) It's all. Oh, what was the song? They played it and the guy at the party was like, that's a real murder scream. Roller coaster of love. Yeah, yeah. Is that real? I don't know. <laughs> or is that an urban legend? Yeah, I was wondering that too, and I forgot to look it up. That guy was an authentically creepy party guy. Yeah, yeah. that guy felt murder. the most real. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, can you? Can you imagine if that guy turned out to be the murderer at the end? And like, oh, my God, it was that guy at the party who was just kind of douchey. Yeah. That's how he records all of his murder screams and inserts them into songs. At that makes so much sense. That would have been amazing. We have to uh, clear Brenda's name. 
<laughs> Let's get Brenda on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Also, apropos of nothing, Julian Richings' character is credited as just weird janitor, which is <laughs> not really cool. Great. Not cool. Not like just random or just janitor. Yeah. Just janitor. Just like- Janitor. custodian maybe i mean it's a proud <laughs> job Master of the you know custodial arts slash professor <laughs> by default he is probably like the vice president of that school <laughs> yeah he ran the newspaper right it's <laughs> like when john neville's like i called your editor today you know the janitor <laughs> <laughs> also somebody vomited over there clean that up <laughs> Well, this movie was, believe it or not, inspired by Scream. And yeah, yeah. the uh, broken telephone of Scream. It sort of is. I mean, the writer Silvio Holte, my handwriting's really bad, by the way. (laughs) He was working at the perfume counter at Nordstrom when he got this idea and started writing it. And he would later go on to adapt or develop ugly betty yeah the american sylvia horta yeah that's how you say it yeah and he sadly passed away just uh last year yeah that was really sad tragic absolutely i mean this was one of his this was one of his early projects this is clearly not you know his his masterpiece i think it was a horror movie that he pitched because scream was a success and you know absolutely to launch his very successful television career for sure and this is like what people were buying at the time like for teen movies i mean so yeah it it makes total sense even though you know i think that we can be critical about the uh the film in general i think it is still like a you know it's still an achievement and there are worse (laughs) horror movies from this time i think like it's not it's flawed in all the ways we've talked about but it doesn't like it's not boring like it's pretty engaging Mm-hmm. I mean, Poser is like a big deal, especially in horror. Yeah, he's that's like the right. Hellraiser guy. He's like the that's I don't know anymore. Christopher to... Young. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to do a very synth heavy score for this sort of inspired by Halloween and all of those John Carpenter type movies. But uh, they insisted on a more orchestral score. But it's probably for the best because he he's not a synth guy. He's not he's no Hans Zimmer. <laughs> but who is well you know it's also Hans weird is. Hans Zimmer is speaking of composers well, and his apprentices the and director apprentices. the director <laughs> Jamie Blanks is also a composer Did you oh see is that? he he has far more credits on IMDb as a composer than as a director and then weirdly the sequel Urban Legends Final Cut was directed by John Ottman who is like Brian Singer's composer. Like he did the usual oh, weird. and uh, X-Men and or X-Men 2 and so Superman maybe, Returns. Is it that composers shouldn't direct movies or? <laughs> it's that they should only direct urban legends movies, <laughs> I guess. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, there was two sequels to this movie. As you said, Urban Legends Final Cut. They called it that because they edited it on Final Cut. And uh, 
<laughs> Urban Legends, avid pro. <laughs> well, Adobe <I>, Sweet. <laughs> it is funny that like the first or this movie, you know, is is clearly like, hey, let's take the the framework of Scream, but instead of horror movies, it'll be Urban Legends. And then in the second movie, they're like, ah, oh, let's just make it about movies again. So it's about <laughs> like a filmmaker and movie making. I don't know. Yeah, what was, can you do? The original yeah. working title was Urban Legend Two. Screen two. <laughs> <laughs> the third movie in the trilogy, Urban Legends Bloody Mary, is the movie that introduces both of the Mara sisters, Kate and Rooney, but was also, interestingly enough, directed by Mary Lambert, who directed Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Like that was a pretty big movie. What's she doing directing that crap? <laughs> totally, Same composer yeah. as uh, Urban Legend. Ooh. Wikipedia reveals all. Yeah. And this movie was a big success. I mean, it grossed 72.5 million worldwide off a budget of 14 million. I think that adds up. And yeah, it was huge. Oh, I also forget to, forgot to mention just on IMDb below Urban Legends Final Cut is something that says sexy urban legends. I don't think it's connected. <laughs> But maybe it is. Well, Tara Reid's character has that whole show, that whole radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she does get murdered or does she live? I forget. She does get murdered. Yeah, she gets. I mean, this scene's amazing because she's on the air and she gets attacked. Yeah. And then she's running around with like the headset on. Yeah, why does she have campus. that headset? <laughs> but it's still broadcasting. I know that that yeah. blew my mind. I had. It took me an hour to just set up to record this podcast tonight. And yet in 1998, she's running around broadcasting off of a mic. Like what? But also I... no one goes to help her. There's no one there. It's not like they say it's like a performance art. Well, Wait, they murder the they... guy. They murder the one guy. But there's why is it like, again, there's one campus security guard for this entire school. And <laughs> she get another security guard. And it's not like. I mean, I can understand maybe if they were like, it's Christmas break and most of the students have gone home. <laughs> well, like, as we discussed, nothing like that. with the parka, it was supposed to take place. <laughs> yes. It was supposed to be Home Alone. And the score <laughs> would have been so different. It would have been just completely yeah. different. Or if it had been Christmas. I mean, yeah. I mean, a Christmas movie, horror movie is wonderful. And a Christmas urban legend. Like, maybe we need to write Urban Legend Holiday Edition. It would have been perfect because Black Christmas also filmed it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been great. She's, yeah, she's like, no one goes to help her except for Alicia Witt. Does she, she really gets murdered? How does she die? Because doesn't she end up in the car? Isn't that her in the car with the the janitor? No, no, that's Alicia Witt. Yeah. She gets murdered kind of off screen. Mm -hmm. She gets cornered by. They don't show it, they just show the killer swinging the axe through the window. She's the only one who puts up an actual fight. Like she falls yeah. off stairs mm. or like whatever. She's kind of the most interesting character in the whole movie. It should have like, been. They should, she should have been the star. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. But I don't remember her getting murdered. So they did think about some other people for the star of this movie. They asked Sarah Michelle Geller, and uh, she actually accepted the role, but. Uh, she had to uh, turn it down to do Cruel Intentions and Buffy. Vampires. Oh, but uh, Pacey did it. Yeah, did but... It. Well, I mean, like, there were so many teen movies being shot and teen shows at this time. Like, it seems like 
I don't know how these people had any time. Like they're all in all these other movies. Like everybody in this movie is in like another movie that came out exactly at the same time, whether it's Cruel Intentions, whether it's Scream 2. All filmed at U of T. That's it. Yeah, that was it. It was like a it was like a it was like a mill for teen movies. They were just churning them out. <laughs> they also asked Melissa Joan Hart, obviously, oh. Sabrina. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt turned it down because she had just done I Know What You Did Last Summer and she didn't want to get typecast. They asked Reese with Reese they asked Reese Withers. They asked her and she was like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got the people that they got. And that's pretty much everything I found about. Oh, the one thing that we should talk about. Oh, and, yeah. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even I mean, I didn't even know this, but you you told me about this. And this is an urban legend in itself. Where is yeah. this movie an urban legend? Does it even exist? What's happening? <laughs> what well, did, did I watch twice? Did you, did you see this interview with Jared Leto, Jordan? I feel like it makes the rounds on the internet every so often, but I did see it again recently. And that was that in 2002, IGN was interviewing Jared Leto and they brought up urban legend. And maybe I should just read it, but he basically pretends like he doesn't know what it is. (laughs) Maybe I'll play a clip. So I I don't think it's a video interview. Oh, shit. They say. (laughs) Well, well, right here is where we'll put another song. Right. (laughs) From 30 Seconds to Mars. From, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they say when, when you did 30 oh, Seconds wow. to Mars. They say when you did the movie Urban Legend, he says, what's that? That horror <laughs> flick you did back in 1998. I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. You were the college <laughs> newspaper reporter. I was? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Laughs. Urban Legend, dude. That horror movie about urban myths with, <laughs> with Rebecca Gayhart. I don't even remember that. He's okay. gaslighting. He is. Okay. Obviously, it wasn't that good of an experience then. Laughs. I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. It's It keeps going. You were the damn lead. You were the college newspaper reporter, and all the kids in school were dying around you. That's so weird. I've never even heard of that movie. You're kidding, right? No. <laughs> all right, dude. Laughs. <laughs> Seems like you've erased a minor historical footnote in your burgeoning film career. I must have had a blackout. Laughs. I guess we're allowed one of those. Yeah. Laughs. You live and you learn. You know what I mean? I want and a then, dramatic uh, reading of that at Convocation Hall. That's the first show I want to go see post-pandemic. We'll Nick Cave happen. reads the... Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> yes. That'd be good. Wow. That is... I mean, Jared Leto is just such a weirdo. I mean, he's so performatively weird. I think that's the thing. He's such, a, he's such an asshole. He's just performing yeah. weird. And maybe that's part of it. I, I don't know what the point is. I mean, maybe it's kind of like he's having fun with it. Like, yeah, maybe like gaslighting somebody about the fact that if that's saying how you you're have not fun, though, that just makes you an asshole. I don't think anybody's disputing that Jared was an asshole. <laughs> well, does he get murdered? I don't remember his murder. No. No. He survives. Yeah, because the uh, because she has a crush on him, the murderer. And they want to be together oh, and yeah. have babies. See, you know, he's not bad in this movie. He's probably one of no, the better fine. actors in this movie. Yeah, yeah he's okay. Him I and Tara Reid, honestly, the movie should have just been them. But I will say, I whoever told Jared Leto at the time, like, hey, you're pretty good in this, created a monster. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's urban legend. Why don't we go around and see what we all thought about it? Jordan, let's start with you. You're the guest. What did it feel like this time? Uh, I think that I really wanted to like it as like I because I've newly discovered a love of scary movies and I feel so brave when I watch them and I don't have nightmares. But I also think that it speaks volumes that I didn't remember that I had seen this as a teenager <laughs> until the final scene when I was like, oh, she's going to sit up from the bed. That's when I remembered and mm. all the memories came flooding back. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that says great things about the film. Do you think I, you would watch this again in any under any circumstances? I would okay. mostly because okay. them finding that encyclopedia under the <laughs> section is truly so great. And I'm it's the part to... where they find the encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it would be like to watch it, watch the whole thing again, knowing who the murderer is. I watched mm. it again, knowing who the murderer was. And I mean, it's interesting to see whether it fits together. And I guess it sort of does, like the motivation, until she starts killing all the random people. It's like, you just have a problem now. You've totally yeah. lost the plot. Okay, so maybe I wouldn't watch it all again, but I would watch that first scene again because it was quite good. That's fair. Okay, what about you, JM? Yeah, I don't know. I had a good time watching it. I'm not going to lie. But for all the reasons we've talked about, it's pretty silly. And also, you know... it. It it is so desperately trying to be scream like mm -hmm. it's it's so scream it's there's not a part of scream that's not replicated here to some extent to the you know they like like I was saying before like they they collapse characters from scream into characters in this movie like I said like the Lex Luthor guy is basically. Matthew Lillard and and Jamie Kennedy together. You know, Jared Leto is basically Skeet Ulrich and Courtney Cox <laughs> smushed into one. <laughs> and then kind Alicia... of hot. That makes sense, actually. <laughs> I can... hot. That is kind of what he looks like. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and Alicia Witt is trying to do like a, a Nev Campbell heroine. I mean, I think, you know, it does make me appreciate Scream more in a way because I think one thing that was maybe overlooked about what made that film such a huge success apart from like the smart screenplay and the direction and you know all of that it was also like this casting like that they found this interesting cast of characters that worked in those roles like i i don't think many of the people in this movie like work <laughs> <laughs> like i think i think there was probably a mentality at the time where it's like hey let's get a bunch of like you know cool hip young actors and we'll throw them into a slasher movie and it'll be fun but if they don't suit those roles then it just doesn't work and i don't think this movie really works but again like like i said it's not boring it's kind of silly and nostalgic so yeah i had a good time watching it even though i i think it is uh fairly it ridiculous. gets a good rating for its potential mm -hmm. yeah i mean there was talk of a reboot really yes. recently yeah absolutely yeah, they were it's gonna be just last year it was yeah. gonna be directed by a guy i can't read this 
But it, it was going to be directed anymore? by a guy. Why can't you read anything you've written? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I would actually be down for a reboot of this. Like, mm. I, I think it could think, be good. Yeah, like I, I think that there was some untapped potential in the premise. Um, Colin Minhan, that's his Min- name. He directed Minhan. a movie called Grave Encounters. Is he a composer? <laughs> he, he better be. I'm going to look it up. Who's this guy? You so, have yeah. to conduct the music of horror. <laughs> Orchestrally. No synth. No sense. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. Like I feel like it's 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 not a good movie. It is deeply flawed. But <laughs> if you're looking for you know a fun, silly '90s slasher movie, and you've already watched <laughs> summer, it was great for our movie night. Yeah, I, I would say it's 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 so dumb. But I did have a good time watching <laughs> it. So mildly rewatchable. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I also feel similarly. I mean, some parts were kind of dumb fun. These movies are kind of fun. It's fun to see people get murdered in silly ways sometimes. <laughs> you know, it seems like they deserve it because of these things or another. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's kind of dog, okay. Right? Like, good <laughs> some of the some of the murders were kind of fun, like the the guy who gets the Drano beer bong down his uh, throat. That's that was uh, wild. Who was that? I think that, that was, was Parker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But there were so many things that I found really dumb about it, and I I found really hard to get past that thing about the axe not having enough room to swing. <laughs> right. The thing the about <laughs> the thing about her still broadcasting while she's running around campus that makes no sense. So and I don't know. I'm also just. I only have limited capacity for these teenage stories about teenagers because teenagers are kind of dumb. And uh, you have to sort of accept that to accept them as protagonists. And I think like this movie doesn't it's not terrible. And, you know, I think that it sort of captures like a little bit of like the university experience, I guess, particularly my university experience since I went to that school. Was your was your university uh, two thirds empty? (laughs) It was. I think people were dying. (laughs) They were covering up so many murders that didn't even happen on campus. Like half the students, more than half, were beheaded on highways. And that's why. Yeah, but that's not on campus. So it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It does in this movie, but it shouldn't count. Yeah, I would say I'm probably not going to watch this again. I don't know. It's mildly rewatchable. It's like an imitation. You're right. It's an imitation of Scream, but like it's a palatable imitation. It goes down okay. Like I look at like things like Riverdale or things like Mm. like movies now that are all just like oddly evocative reverb based covers of great songs, mostly throughout them and like sexy teens, but they're in their 20s. So we as teens, we got to watch 35 year olds play us. How do you feel like that affected you? Like we we watched old people, we watched people our age play teenagers. And now teenagers are playing teenagers. But they're so much more sexy and knowledgeable than than we ever were. I mean, there's also like the sort of uh, lengthening of adolescence that is happening like in society. But I totally feel like they were always older than me and I would never grow up and reach however old they were, you know, like (laughs) when the people who played high schoolers were in high school, when I was in high school, I was still like a kid compared to those people. When I was in university, I still felt like a kid compared to those people. 
I still feel so like on. the kids in Riverdale are older than me, and I'm a child compared to them. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm sitting I, here in a Snoopy t-shirt. Like, I don't, where do I fit into that world? Jughead would wear a Snoopy t-shirt, I feel like. <laughs> and that's rewatchability for this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, where you can rate us and leave a little review. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, Rob, wait, I wanted to plug something. What? I'm doing a marathon, like a charity marathon. Ooh. Oh, my God. And, you, that's uh, amazing. Are you training? Well, here's <laughs> no, the thing. No training. He's just going to go for it. It's, it's, it's a movie-watching marathon. Oh. <laughs> so I, it won't end with me coughing up blood. On, like, no, it might. Riverfront. It might, though. Good. It might. Good. It depends on the movie. But it's, it's through the Fox Theater, which is oh. a great, great independent cinema here in Toronto. That's right and, by me. Yeah, right by where Jordan lives. You if, come over. If any axe wielding maniacs uh, listening to the show, I'm very lonely. I'll take axe. We- I'll take double axe wielding maniacs. <laughs> but yeah, so it, uh, so I have entered myself into this marathon because I figured, you know, I've always watched other people do charity marathons where they're running a bunch, and I can't do that. But I, you know, I've been training <laughs> for this my whole you life. Could, you could. I can sit and watch movies all day. It's they've encouraged people to do at least four. So I'm going to do at least four, maybe more movies at the end of the month. And you can pledge money and donate. Half the money goes to the Fox. Half the money goes to Cystic Fibrosis Canada. And you do that. If you go to shop.foxtheater.ca, you'll see an option to donate to the marathon. And if you put my name in the special instructions field when you donate, that money gets tabulated under uh, under my name. But again, that it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I wanted to let people know about that. I'll be doing that at the end of the month. I'll probably bring it up on the next podcast too. Yeah. Neat. That's great. Yeah, go do that. Yeah, that's a great theater. Mm-hmm, yeah. And good, good cause. And we'll be back next week with another movie. And... Until the then, the role of uh, Jordan Armstrong will be played by Blaine Waters. <laughs> yeah, and he better, you know, he better practice his acting because uh, I really, know. I pulled my weight. I carried this episode, I think, acting wise. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>